0: Man, God will fulfill all of His promises in the fullness of His time. How did this ring true in your life this last week? When you started thinking back through uh, the stories and your story and the grand story uh, that God is telling that we're a part of, you know, this last week we got a chance to to sit in Salt Lake with a group of guys, and uh, we had our guys night this last Thursday night. We all sat around a table. We kind of squished into this one, <laughs> one table. And uh, and so, but it was such a great time to sit there and just to think through the story that God has written and the brotherhood that has been established through the years. Now this story is, of course, still being written, but there's no doubt we can see in this story, we see tragedy, we see Just when all hope seems lost, story after story after story of how God has come through and brought through to the other side. We also see um, how many people were around that table, and you, you see the story of that story playing out, and we also see it right in the middle of another story, kind of waiting to see how God is going to bring through to the other side of the current story that we are in, and you know, it just—it just reminded me over and over again that yeah, a lot of the stories that we see sometimes they're hard to see the story because it's still in process. It's still in—it's uh, not completed, and so we're yet to see kind of how God's going to fulfill and how He's going to bring us through to the other side because we're still right in the big mix of everything. And you know how it is; hindsight is twenty twenty. When it's through, you can look back and see the scarlet thread of how God's weaving the tapestry of our lives together. And it's like all of a sudden one day he just kind of pulls the thread and the whole thing, it just like comes in place. And uh, it's just such a, such a beautiful reality of life. But you know, just after last week and this whole week, I'm thinking, man, how, Lord, let me see these stories. Let me see the stories of how you're playing this out as a part of the grand story. And that's what kind of bubbled to the top for me was, all of the stories that are in process, that we're waiting to see, and we're all in different phases, we're all in different chapters of that story to see what the end is going to be. The cool thing about that table, as we were sitting around that table, I know the end of every single story around that table because every man that was around that table is called on the name of Jesus as Savior, and we will be forever and ever in paradise together that story is guaranteed. Now, how we get from here to there, time will tell. And I look forward to, to many more times we're together that not every story is going to be known to play out that way. You know, that's been the way in the past. It will be again in the future. But this last Thursday night, every single man sitting around that table, I know their future. And there's no question in my mind about what eternity looks like for all of us. You know, Last week, we introduced this understanding that all great stories are drawn from the story that God is writing. All great, all great epic stories. You know, this last week, the Lord of the Rings is one of those just epic tales. And many of you have watched every single bit about a million different times, and you remember the story of Gandalf, who sacrificed himself in order to protect the fellowship, only to be resurrected and made more powerful than ever. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds familiar, this wonderfully imaginary tale? It's drawn from Jesus. It's drawn from the Christ story. And we find ourselves just enamored with these stories. And we can find ourselves in the story, connected with a character, because this story, God's story, was written on our hearts from before we even entered into this world, we're in our mother's womb and God's knitting us together, purposefully creating us to desire the goodness of God's story. And then we are born, and we're born into this tragic tale in a lot of ways, right? Where we've understand, we've experienced the entrance of the enemy in our lives. And we find ourselves longing to be rescued, longing to be rescued, and it just seems like that rescue comes when all hope seems lost. It's like, Jesus, I don't know that you're really going to rescue. I don't know that you're really going to come through. I've seen you do it before, but I'm not sure if it's really going to happen again or not. And We try everything we can to not give up. And we hope to prevail. We also hope that good really does win in the end. And we really do hope that... Eternity is our happily ever after. This is it, this is the story. This is the story that every single person on this planet, whether willing to admit it or not, that is the story that everybody is chasing. Doesn't matter who the person is, they're chasing this story. And it's this grand story that helps us to be able to make sense of life, to help us to be able to see life. It connects the history of the kingdom of God as we read about in Scripture, to our lives today. And it helps us to look into the future of what life looks like moving forward. So how was the grand story alive and well in your life this last week? Did you see it? Did you see it in a movie you watched this last week? Did you see it in a movie that you want to watch coming up this Christmas season? Did you know that I just recognized and saw that... um, There is a movie coming out just before Christmas called Babylon. Isn't that interesting? The story is called Babylon. Let me read the little caption for the story. It's a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Sound familiar? It sounds like the story of Babylon. It sounds this arrogant story of the city of Babylon. Now, I'm not sure if you need to watch it or not. It's rated R, okay? I don't know that you need to go and watch this movie or not, but I just find it interesting that here's Hollywood pulling from the greatest story ever told to tell about Hollywood through the lens of this biblical story. And how the fall of Babylon happened because of arrogance, because of excess, because of them thinking, you know what, let's build this tower taller so that we show how holy we are. Starting to see themselves as over and above God. And there's the fall. It's amazing, isn't it? I promise, the more and more you look for it, the more and more you will see the grand story of the gospel message all over. It's really an amazing thing. So I hope that you'll kind of open your eyes and focus your attention to that. So here we go on the second Sunday of Advent. we are continue this season and we're anticipating the coming of Jesus by celebrating his birth and looking forward to the day that Christ comes again. And this second Sunday, it's love. Last week, it's hope. This week, it's love. Next week, joy. And then the following Sunday is peace. This Sunday is love. And here's an important truth for us to, to gravitate to tonight. We love because we are loved. And I'm not talking about you being loved by your parents or your siblings or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse or, a, or anything. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that we are drawn to this understanding of love. We are drawn to being loved by somebody here on this earth because this is written on our hearts. We are able to offer someone love. We are able to lay our lives down in a loving way for someone else because the story of God the Father, his son, Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit loved us first. Love is a thing on this earth because of God. If it were not for God, there would be no love because God is love. And so tonight, if you get anything else from tonight, get this one here. We love because we are loved. The only reason we have the feelings we have, the emotions we have, the highs and the lows and everything in between of the one or the ones that we love is because God wove that into us and set us on a path where that is our desire, to love and be loved. It's no coincidence tonight. I just saw this, it's crazy. I'm saying all these things and I look at my wife right there. She's the blonde right over here. And you see that like the light is like hitting her hair in such a lovely way right now. I'm like, wow, Lord, thank you. That is a really cool moment. So anyway, I just, I just I, I, I'm sorry. I just thought I'd just let you into that for just a moment. But I was sitting there going, gosh, I don't think I can continue without making a statement about that. Anyway, we love because we are loved. And it's a really cool thing because tonight we're continuing these birth stories. We're continuing these birth stories. Last week, you know, we got a chance to talk about Isaac and the birth story of Isaac. And we're, these, these stories that are, they are um, the, the birth stories that announce this great hope, they announce this great anticipation and the cool thing is, is that they're all a foreshadowing of the greatest birth of all, which is, of course, the birth of Jesus. And so tonight we're going to talk about Moses. You guys take yourself back. Okay, go to, go to like Sunday school when you were little or, 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 or maybe, um, you know, a, a recent time that you've read the Moses story. Or uh, If you've never read the Moses story, fabulous, amazing story. Please read it. We're going to read a little bit of it tonight, but read the whole thing, of course. You know, but Moses is one of those leaders that kind of stands in a really remarkable way, as just an amazing leader that, um, that really did some phenomenal things. I mean, just like Isaac, the events of Moses' life, of course, we see as a foreshadowing of Jesus. And so Moses in his birth, here it is. Moses was born in order to lead his people out of bondage. That was the story of Moses. That's why he was brought onto this earth, was in order to lead his people or God's people out of bondage. Now, it's interesting, you know, because Moses' story, it's very unique because Moses was the very first prophet for the people of God, the very first one. Moses also stands alone. Nice, excuse you, that was awesome. Um, Moses also stands alone in the fact that he was also an intermediary between God's people and God. And so, God, He got to be this one that was a that was a that was a a message giver for the people of God. It's really a, an amazing thing. And so, the story of Moses, most people gravitate to, is the Exodus story. It's the story where He's let my people go, and then they go, and the river splits, and they go across dry land, and then the 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 Egyptians come after them, and it it, it falls down on them and everything. It's just an amazing, amazing story. But the thing is, is that. That story is normally told around Easter. One thing we got to make sure we don't miss is the birth of Moses, because that story has a very appropriate place in Advent. And so from from birth all the way to the promised land, Moses' story tells the story of Jesus in a remarkable way. But let's let's just listen to the story of Moses' birth right now. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant, gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby. Kept him hidden for three months, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it in the, among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. And The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine his sister looking to see, what's going to happen to my baby brother? Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river because Moses' mom and Moses' sister were smart. Amazing what God put into them, Right? Harrow's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to go get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw this baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children. We'll get to the reason why she knew that in just a moment. And then guess what happened? The baby's sister who was watching where her baby brother was going approaches the princess. How in the world she got that access, I don't know. She approached the princess and asks this question. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? That was awesome. Should I go and find? Yes, the princess replied. And so the girl went and called the baby's mom. Now this story gets better. Goes and gets her mom. Says, Mom, they want you to nurse our, my baby brother, your son. The princess told the baby's mother, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you for your help. <laughs> Isn't this the greatest ever? This is amazing to me. I'm like, This is great. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him and got paid to do so. All right, this is phenomenal. Only only God. Verse 10. Later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back. Now this is another unimaginable moment, right? Brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Now that is a birth story. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable to know that This mom who kept her son safe for three months before she in a way that I could never imagine puts him in a basket into the river not knowing what his future was going to hold but certainly assumed death was coming. Oh my gosh, unbelievable. Pharaoh's daughter moved to keep the child, even when a very clear decree to kill all newborn Hebrew boys was given by Pharaoh himself. Her dad. She defied her father, which allowed him to grow up and become the man God used to set his people free from Pharaoh. This is an amazing, phenomenal story. And of course, this foreshadows Jesus's flight into Egypt when Herod demanded the deaths of all boys in Bethlehem up to the age of two. We see this as a reflection. It's totally a foreshadowing of the story of Jesus. Just as Moses had Um, this supernatural deliverance, Jesus did, of course. Just as Moses led Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness, up onto the mountain in order to give them the law, Jesus also went down into Egypt, up from Egypt, through the water into the wilderness, and up on the mountain to give people the law. Jesus did the same. Jesus led his people out of bondage to Satan, sin, and death through his own exodus in his death burial and resurrection. We see the foreshadowing of this child, Moses, pointing to the story of who Jesus is, and it gives us an incredible proof. Justin Holcomb, he, he, he gives us some application here uh, in our Advent practice this week of, of love, and we're considering the story of Moses. We get this statement here, reflection on the violence and evil in the world causes us to cry out to God to make things right. We're asking God to make things right. To put death's dark shadows to flight, as the song says. Our exile in the present makes us look forward to our future exodus and our own sinfulness and need for grace lead us to pray for the Holy Spirit to renew his work in conforming us into the image of Christ. And so here's what this means. All of this means we have this birth story of Moses. It leads to Jesus. We have this this. Uh, This Exodus story, it leads us to Jesus. We've got all of these foreshadowing of Jesus, but here is what Moses' story gives us proof of that we've got to really make sure we understand during this Advent season. Moses' story gives proof that God repairs our brokenness. God is the repairer of our brokenness. God loves us so much that he's willing to do the fixer-upper in our lives. He's willing to renovate what is broken. Listen to how God does this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Anyone who believes in him will not die. That's a pretty amazing promise. Will not die, but will have ever or eternal life. And here it is. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world. He sent his son into the world to save it through him. This is how God renovates. This is how God restores. This is how God repairs our brokenness, and it's through Jesus. That's why we long to be loved, because God loved us so much. That's why we are amazing at kind of pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps and being amazing fixers. We fix a lot of really good things. It's woven into us. We're able to renovate stuff and we're very creative in that renovation process and we have this beautiful product in that. It's all because we're designed that way. It's all because God wove that into us in our mother's womb as he was knitting us together. And it's a really amazing thing. God designed us to receive and give that love that he gives to us so freely. Listen to this, 1 Peter 4, 8. Most of all, love one another deeply. Why? Love erases many sins by forgiving them. This is the story that we see in Moses, that God's ready to restore, God's ready to to renovate our brokenness. Why? Because he loves us. Because God sent his son to lay his life down for us. Why? Because he loves us. And God so loved us so that we can so love others. And this is the beauty of stories like Moses that paint the picture to Jesus. Because Moses' story points to Jesus. Jesus' story points to God. And God's story gives definition to our story. It gives clarity, it gives certainty, it gives hope, it gives love. The question is, can you hear it? Can you hear God speaking to you today? Because the second thing, if you get anything else out of today, listen to these words. It's important that you understand them. You are loved. It is essential for you to know you are loved. Whether you feel like you are loved by people around you or not, you are loved. Because there is a creator that wove you with great purpose and loves you deeply so that you receive that love and are able to love. That's why we love, because we are loved. And so you are loved today. My question is, do you know him? Do you know this Jesus that loves you so deeply I mean, if you don't know this, Jesus, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you haven't prayed and just said, Lord, I trust you. have been listening to this for however long, and Lord, I, I trust you. You are the truth teller. You are the way maker. You are the one that, 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 that shines a lot of hope for all of this world to see. You're the reason that the local church is the hope of the world. You're the reason that my life is the way that it is, and my future is the way that it is. This is you, Lord. You've been weaving this tapestry together, and you're ready now, for your story to be guaranteed eternity, to be guaranteed happily ever after, no matter what is going on in your life right now. You're ready for this. Now here's the question. The question though is, where in your life do you long for God to renovate what is broken? Because see, brokenness, it's very essential that we understand our brokenness. It's very essential that we understand there is something wrong. If we don't have Jesus, we need Jesus in order for life to be the way it is intended to be. And so where in your life do you long for God to renovate what is broken? Because brokenness, God longs to renovate. What the enemy intends for evil, God intends to use for good or is able to use for good. And so where in your life do you long to renovate what is broken? And in just a few moments, you're going to get to bring those things to the Lord and to pray, to pray for the renovation project to begin, the renovation relationship to begin, that you will be working out the remainder of your days here on this earth. It's a privilege of getting to be a part of that relationship. And in so doing, we're asking God to bring heaven here on earth as it is. In heaven itself. Now, those of you that have prayed, received Jesus, and you know that eternity is secure for you, this story is also true for you. You know that. You know this story, this, this, this question here. We still ask this question. We never stop asking: where in our lives have we yet to give to the Lord? Where is it broken? And we need God's renovation. But you also know I got another question for you tonight, and there's a second follow-up. For you who know that you know that you know you're guaranteed heaven, here's your second question. Are you loving others as you are loved by God? Because that's what it really comes down to. Scripture says we will be known by our love. Are you loving others as you are loved by God? Every single one of us in this room, we have a role to play. We have a role to play in the greatest story ever told, whether you know that or not. We are drawn to the same story, whether you are able to admit that or not. The one story that all great stories are drawn from. And so may our stories point to the great story of Jesus, just like Moses' did, just like Isaac's did. May we let God repair and restore our brokenness, and may we love because we are first loved. Father, this is one of those moments where we we get to take an account and we get to lay our lives before you. And Lord, we, we long for you to do what you do. Lord, you take what is broken and make it whole. Lord, you take what the enemy has used to try to destroy us. And Lord, you bring life out of death. Father, in this season of the world in which the is perhaps maybe the darkest time of the year when it comes to daylight and nighttime, Lord, your light shines bright as is exemplified in all the lights that are in this room that we see. The darkness can't overcome. And Lord, we know that is a metaphor for the fact that the enemy never overcomes you. Lord, you win. You've already won. You've already defeated death. And Lord, eternity is guaranteed for those who call upon your name. So Father, help us as we open our hearts to you tonight. And we ask for you to come in and for you to renovate what's broken. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that we get the privilege of loving. We get to love because you first loved us. And so, Lord, I pray that you will guide us through these next few moments. And, Lord, that you will open our eyes as we go throughout this day different. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.